since ancient times it is actually a geographical description of the land that this is Hindu land the people who reside over here are Hindus and that essentially was I mean I would say that just like you look at people who reside in China as Chinese people who live in Iran as Iranians who live in Greece as Greeks those who lived in India India is an English term but were called Hindus even today some of the languages in the Middle East and in China tend to use the term Hindu for anybody that comes out of India regardless of their religion so the term is religious agnostic it is geographical in description now what the Europeans did is that they continued to use the nomenclature Hindu except they gave it a religious connotation so they defined it or they tried to explain it in terms of segregation so they said all the native religions are Hindu and then they are the foreign religions so you actually view it differently and therefore they define it in law as follows is that everybody that lives in India excluding Muslim, Parsi, Jew, Christian uh, and those are the sort of exclusions but the definition of an Hindu in law is by exclusion it's not so it, it, it actually follows the logical pattern of how traditionally you viewed the term Hindu how it got embedded into law and once it got embedded into law the same construct is followed in the constitution now it, it then includes so therefore Hindu is everybody in India including Sikh, Jain, Buddhist etc excluding Muslim, Christian, Parsi or Jew so therefore when you when you view it in that sense you get pushed into over the years we have gotten pushed into thinking of Hinduism as a mono, monolithic religion it is one faith there should be one central text essentially you're trying to view the people that live in India in the manner in which you view yourselves this is the sort of the European approach uh, to India and we very happily since we were sort of modernizing away from our medieval practices very happily following uh, and Europeanizing ourselves so we sort of went down that path and so therefore it doesn't actually figure into the debate it certainly did not figure into the Sabrimala debate in the Supreme Court is that when you look to find essential features of Hinduism what are the features that you are looking for and I would like to ask anybody in this crowd or anywhere else please give me five points or three things that are actually essential features of Hinduism that if you do not follow that the religion would stand destroyed or altered significantly they do not exist it is because there is no central there is no essential feature and a fundamental basis for the Supreme Court's ruling is and this is the majority judgment saying that if you take away this tradition it does not distort the essential feature and so therefore the whole Supreme Court ruling is on a misplaced premise on a misplaced fundamental notion of what is Hinduism.